The president's limousine swung off 18th Street and turned toward the entrance of the Crystal Gateway Marriott. Abu Al-Akir turned away from the television broadcasting the limousine's arrival over CNN and brought the rifle back to his eye. Getting used to the heft of the Weatherby, the way it felt against his shoulder, was crucial. Since there had been no opportunity to test-fire the weapon, he would have to rely on feel and instinct to provide the mandated minute adjustments. He had killed many men in his time, but the kill he was going to attempt today was by far the most challenging. He would be firing a blind shot through a mezzanine window, ten stories below at a target speaking in a room off the lobby, yet another floor down. Well, not quite blind. The president would be addressing a crowd of Chamber of Commerce representatives from all over the country in the Marriott's Lee Room. The only question now was whether the door to the room would be open or closed. His choice of bullets depended on what CNN showed him. The sole bit of furniture in this twelfth-floor apartment that had been rented for him weeks before within Crystal Towers was a television perched upon a stand. It was set against the wall in a way that required him to turn his head only slightly to watch the screen. In a few minutes, CNN would be carrying the president's speech live. Alakir cringed at the memory of how the preliminary team had forgotten to have the apartment's cable switched on, not realizing that the all-news network couldn't be picked up otherwise. Alakir himself had uncovered the oversight, and the activation had been completed only yesterday. The remainder of the logistics had proven brilliant in every respect. The preliminary team had cut a hole in the bedroom window just large enough to accommodate the very tip of his sniper's rifle. With the President's guards concentrating their efforts inside and around the Marriott, there was no way they could possibly notice such a slight anomaly. Beyond that, it was extremely unlikely that anyone could have foreseen the type of shot Al-Akir was going to attempt. Chosen for its legendary flat trajectory, which was a prime requisite today. Of course, precise weather could not be factored in, but today's air was cool, low humidity and very little wind. In other words, perfect. He would be firing the bullet through the glass of a Marriott mezzanine window on a downward trajectory for the Lee Room and the President's head, timed off with the help of the CNN broadcast five feet to his right. The logistics were stored in his memory. Minor alterations would be programmed into his computer-like mind. Both varieties of his custom-made bullets accounted for a pair of twelve-shot clips. Guided by the CNN picture, Alakir guessed he could squeeze off a minimum of seven and still avoid capture. On the screen, the president was shown being ushered through the Marriott lobby for a speech that he was now fifteen minutes late for. Alakir lowered his Weatherby back to the floor. He had picked up the rifle only that morning, the final safeguard of the plan. Alakir knew the Americans were looking for him and one man in particular. The trick was never to wander into their, or especially his, grasp, never surface to make a drop or a pickup. Everything was conducted through intermediaries, a long chain that, if broken, would mean the cessation of his mission. Alakir took chances, but very few risks. Along with Abu Abbas and Abu Nidal, he was one of the world's most wanted terrorists. While these others had grown fat living off their reputations, Al-Akir had stayed sharp, never straying from his deadly trade. The order to kill the American president came from high up in the movement, but it was only part of the reason why he was in the country. From here he would travel to San Francisco on the most crucial mission of his life. The Arab people were about to seize their own destiny.
The means were at last at hand. The death of the president would mark day one in a new and fateful calendar. Alakir turned his attention back to the television. He had already turned the volume off so that it would not distract him. Seconds later, he watched the president enter the Lee Room and shake an army of hands en route to the lectern. He took his place behind it and waited for the applause to die down. Alakir waited for CNN to cut to a camera angle that included the door. Initially, he had been worried that the bullet's path would be distorted by the thick glass of the mezzanine's window, not to mention the inch and a half of wood forming the Lee Room door. As difficult as it appeared, though, Alakir had managed it in practice on a replica 92 of his last hundred attempts on the first try. On the television screen, CNN had cut to a side angle of the president that pictured a pair of Secret Service agents standing in the open doorway of the Lee Room.